0: Hi everyone, Pastor Gregory Bartram here, lead pastor here at Destiny Church, where your history doesn't define your destiny. I just want to welcome you to Your Destiny podcast. Thanks for listening, and my prayer is that the message that you hear today brings healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. Ready for the word of the Lord tonight. The the other night I was in prayer, and I was just reading and spending time with God, and I came across a scripture, and it really just spoke to me, and uh, I believe that the Lord wanted me to share this with you. So Acts 26, we're going to begin reading with verse number 12, Acts 26, beginning with verse number 12. The Bible says, whereupon as I went, talking about Paul, where is upon I, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, he's talking to King Agrippa. He says, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision." I want to read verse 19 again. Paul tells King Agrippa, he says, "...I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision." tonight." I want to minister from this thought, don't disobey the heavenly vision. Don't disobey the heavenly vision. Father, bless the reading of your word. Thank you for the presence that we feel in this place tonight. Father, Lord, I believe that you want to do something, not just through your worship, but also through the word. For man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Lord, speak to us. Lord, let your lips pour forth everything that we need tonight. And Lord we love you and we thank you. And Lord bless your people tonight in Jesus name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Don't disobey the heavenly vision. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18, "Without vision the people perish." Without vision the people perish. Whenever the, 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 the author there in Proverbs says without vision, he's actually referring to the prophetic. He's referring to the Word of God. He's rever- referring to what comes from the mouth of God. And how many knows when you don't have words coming out of the mouth of God, when you don't have revelation, when you don't have prophecy, how many knows then the people will perish? We need to know what God is saying. Amen. The Bible says in Amos that there would come a time that there, that there would not just be a famine of bread, but would, there would be a famine of the Word of God. We need the Word of God. Amen. We need revelation. We need prophecy. We need insight. We need revelation. We need the Spirit of God to lead us and to guide us into truth. What truth? The truth of God's Word. And so the, the, the author in Proverbs 29, 18 says, without vision, without revelation, without a word from God. How many knows there's times that we need a word from God? There's been times, there's been seasons, there has been situations in my life where I needed a word from God. How many has ever needed a word from God? You needed God to speak. You needed God to say something. You, you, you needed God to move. You needed God to prophesy something. You needed, you needed somebody to say something that, that would just help you, that would strengthen you, that would, that would help you get past or through what you are facing. Without vision, without revelation, without the word of God, people are Unrestrained. I might have slipped up, but his word kept me. I might have quit and left, but I got a word. The season might have destroyed me, but I got a word. The devil could have had his way, but I got a word. Come on, somebody. Preacher, how do you know it's time for my season to change? Because God will always give you a new word for a new season. You say, why why hasn't my season changed? Because Here's why, because God's waiting for you to do something with the word he's already given you. Hello? We, we always say, God, I'm tired of this season. I'm tired of this circumstance. I'm tired of this moment in my life. God, I want it to change. God says, I've already released a word in your season. I'm waiting for you to believe it. I'm waiting for you to stand on it. Amen. I, I don't know about you, but I stand on the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but The word of God will last forever. God says, I've already released a word in your season. I'm just waiting for you to believe it. I'm waiting for you to stop doubting it. I'm waiting for you to to not be distracted. I'm waiting for you just to know that I have a promise, and that promise will come to fruition if you'll believe it. And it's when we begin to believe that word and stand on that word and speak that word that all of a sudden, we begin to see the atmosphere of our life begin to change. Why? Because our words create our world. Amen? Without the Word of God, with, without vision, without revelation, without the prophetic, people are unrestrained. This is what another translation says. It says, without prophetic vision, people run wild. Without prophetic vision, without prophetic insight, without prof- the prophetic word of God, people will run wild. David said, Lord, I, I put your word into my heart that I might not sin against you. His word keeps us hedged in. His word protects us. His word is like guardrails. There's some things that we just can't do as Christians. You know why? Not because God don't want us to have a good time, but but because he wants to protect us. Amen? Whether we want to believe it or not or whether the world wants to believe it or not, God loves us. And he has a plan for us and a purpose for us. Without prophetic vision, people run wild. Because they have no aim. They have no purpose. They have nothing to shoot for. They have no mark to press toward. And when you don't have a purpose and when you don't know what your destiny is and when you don't know what your identity is, you will run wild. I believe that the reason why a lot of people run wild in the world is because they don't know what they've been created for, amen, because they have been created for more. They have been made for more. They have a destiny. They have, God has a plan. God has formed them and fashioned them for greater. And when we come to that revelation, amen, how many knows it begins to, it begins to do something in our life. It, it makes us want to go to church. It makes us want to pray. It makes us want to love God. It makes us want to raise our hands and worship God. Why? Because now we know who we are and whose we are. Without prophetic vision, people run wild. Listen to this. When there is no clear vision, prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. I'm glad I got a vision for my life. I'm going to share something. I'm I'm just taking my time. I'm building a foundation. I'm glad that one day I got a vision for my life, that that I understood the calling, that I understood my destiny, that I understood the gift that God put inside of me. I'm glad that I understood that because I guarantee you I would have not have made it this far if I didn't know what God wanted me to do. When you realize that you have purpose and destiny, how many knows you live your life differently than everybody else? When you get a revelation that you are are made differently, that you have been formed and fashioned by the hand of God for something great, you will not live like everybody else lives. When a woman's pregnant and she knows that there's something in her, she begins to change her eating habits. There's certain things that she won't put in her body. Why? Because she wants to protect what's in her. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's, there's things that we, she won't do. There's things that she won't pick up. There's things that she won't carry. Why? Because she doesn't want to abort what is in her. I tell you, when I realized that there was something greater in me, I began to live my life differently. Amen? There's things I wouldn't do. There's places I wouldn't go. There's things I wouldn't enter into my body. Why? Because there's something in me. And I come to prophesy to somebody tonight, there's something in you. There is something that God has put in you. And because it's in you, amen, it's going to compel you. And convict you and make you live differently. You won't, you won't run wild. You won't live like the world. You won't live like everybody else. Why? Because you know greater is he in you. He greater is in you than he that is in the world. There's something greater. There's treasure in an earthen vessel. Amen. Come on, somebody. I need somebody to say amen right there. And I'm glad that there's a how many's ever been in those church services where you almost doubted that it was in you? That, that it was in you, but you got around other people that loved God, that had a gift, that had a destiny, that had an anointing on their life, and before you know that thing that you thought wasn't in there, it starts kicking and moving. <laughs> Hello? Let, let, me t- let me tell you something about pregnancy, too. Some of you women's like, I know about pregnancy. You ain't got to tell me nothing. But another thing... Is you can't hide pregnancy. That's right. Come on. Sooner or later, what's in you is going to start to grow. You can't hide pregnancy. See, there's a lot of people, they, want, they, they know that they're called. They know that they got a destiny. And when you have an anointing on your life, you can't hide what God wants to do in your life. Sooner or later, it's going to come to the forefront. Sooner or later, what God has developed in you, what God has deposited inside of you, it's going to begin to make room. The Bible says your gift shall make room. Why? Because so, you can't hide greatness. You can't hide potential. You can't hide power. You can't hide authority. That's why Jesus rebuked one of his servants. Why? Because they took the talent and hid it. Why are you hiding what I put in you? You can't hide. Why? Because because it grows. It grows. And you know what? Another thing too? You, you, You can't wear... What you used to wear. Why? Because you don't fit. Come on, this ain't in my notes, but the Holy Ghost is downloading something in me right now. Because you don't fit in what you used to fit in. You don't fit in the cliques you used to. You don't fit in the relationships that you used to. Why? Because there's something growing in you, and you feel it. Come on. I don't know about you, but I feel like there's something in me. And the reason why I don't fit in certain places and certain I, the reason why I don't fit in some circles or I don't fit in some people's company, it's not that I don't like them or I don't love them. It's that I'm trying to protect what's in me. And if you're not careful and if you don't watch who you're around, they will abort what's inside of you. Come on, preacher. Come on. But here's what happens. Sooner or later, sooner or later, you're going to get to, to nine months your life has already dramatically changed. You don't fit in certain places. You, you stop doing certain, certain things. But here's why. Because God knew that, they, that he put something in you. And his whole intentions of putting it in you is so that one day it would come out of you. Right. Are, are you listening to me? God didn't put that gift in you so that that gift could be dormant. He put it in you because he had all intentions to develop what's in you so that one day it would come out of you. Preacher, I'm just tired. Preacher, I don't, I don't know why I have to wait. Preacher, I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. Here, honey, let me, let me give you a revelation. There is greater in you, and God has been developing you, but get ready because there's coming a day and an appointed time that the, everything that God put in you, sooner or later it is going to come out of you. Now how many knows that right before that thing comes out of that out of the woman how many knows the she begins to she begins to feel some pain because in one season you get we were all giddy about it you know I'll touch my if you feel it move, you feel it move. Because in one season we're we're comfortable with the gift. But in season, the gift feels like it's killing us. The calling feels like it's ki- The anointing feels like it's killing us. But can I tell you this? The Bible says for for a moment a woman who is in travail has sorrow but when a son or a child is born she forgets the sorrow now that she's holding her baby. I come to tell you whenever God begins to do what he wants to do in your life, you'll forget everything that you ever went through. Why? Because you're looking at what God wanted to birth in your life. I come to prophesy to somebody. I come to prophesy to this church. I know you're going through trouble and I know it may seem like you're in travail and in sorrow and affliction, but you're only going through that. Why? Because that baby is getting ready to crown that which is in you. God is getting ready to cause it to come out of you in the name of Jesus. Oh! Don't curse your pain. Why? You've got to go through pain because that's the birthing process. Come on, when you feel that pain, honey, that just means you're on transition. You're getting ready to go from one thing to another. You're getting ready to go from one season to another. You're getting ready to go from one moment to another. What is in you is going to come out of you in the name of Jesus. You say, Preacher, I feel the pressure. That's just a gift. That's just a gift. God knows the perfect time. He knows if that thing stays in you longer than it should it'll kill you. So he's got to get it out of you. Vision. Everybody say vision. Vision. Without vision people perish without the prophetic word revelation of God. Without calling, without gift, we'll perish. Because anybody who don't who doesn't have purpose perishes. Vision. I want I, I want to show you something because the Holy Spirit didn't just inspire Proverbs twenty nine eighteen to talk about vision. But the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit also inspired a man by the name of Habakkuk to write about vision. He said this in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. He says, write the vision. Write the vision down. Make it plain upon tablets so that he that runs may read it. Something hit me. Because we have always preached that verse as write it so plain that when somebody glances or comes by, they know how they can read it. But when I, fa- when I read another translation of Proverbs 29, 18, how that without prophetic vision, people run wild, I got a revelation of Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Write the vision, make it plain, so that he that is running wild... the one that is living their life aimlessly the one who thinks that they don't have purpose or they just don't care write the vision down why cuz i need somebody to see what i want to do in their life i need somebody to understand that i have made them for more they need to understand that, the, that that there's greater in them that there's potential in them that there's power in them that i have deposited something in them how many people are running wild with a gift How many people are running wild with an anointing? I heard somebody say that Elvis Presley, even though he sung many secular songs, there was times in his concerts where he would sing gospel songs. And when he would sing gospel songs, people in the crowd would would begin to weep and they would begin to cry. Why? Because he was running wild with an anointing. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. There's going to be a lot of people that will die and go to hell and be gifted and be anointed and have a calling upon their life. So he tells the prophet, prophet, write write it down. Make it plain. I don't believe that the prophet is writing the vision for himself. I believe he's writing a vision for a nation that is running wild, but yet they have a destiny on their life. They have a calling on their life. They have purpose on their life, but yet they are running wild and don't even know that there's greater on the inside of them. They're living the way everybody else lives. They're living like the world. They're they're living according to the generation and culture, and they don't even know that there is so much greater that that if they would ever surrender, God could use them to turn a generation around for the glory of God. How many teenagers are running wild and have a mark of God upon their life. And so the prophet is not writing this for himself. He's writing it for a nation that is running wild. And God wants them to know, if you would, if you would understand who you are, if you would understand your destiny, if you would understand the purpose of, of God upon your life, you wouldn't do the things that you do, and you wouldn't go to the places that you go. So he said to the prophet, prophet, write it down, because I want them to know what the vision is. Now, now follow me here. Vision. Write the vision down. So that he that is running wild may be able to read it. I begin to think about this reading. I love to read. Now when I was in high school, I didn't much care for it. But when I got saved, I love to read. Anything to do with the Bible. I don't read novels or anything like that. That's just a waste of time. Amen. <laughs> Some of you are like, I read novels. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just trying to get a response out of you, okay? If you read novels, that's okay. Make sure they're, they're good novels. But I love to read. You can't understand what you're not able to read people who are illiterate have a don't have a they don't just have a reading problem they also have a understanding problem why because because not having the ability to read impedes the progress and understanding so God says for all those that don't like to read big things and don't know big words. He said, I'm not going to make it complicated. He says, when you write the vision down, don't, big, don't use big words or big theological terms. He says, when you write it down, make it plain and clear. So that the one that is running, the one that may have hindrances, the one that, that may not have a desire, the one that may not be as a devoted. He said, write it so plain that when they see it, they understand it. And when they understand it, they're going to they're get a revelation of who I've created them to be. And when they get the revelation of who I've created them to be, they're going to begin to change. They're going to begin to do things differently than they did. Why? Because now they got understanding of who they are. The most powerful thing that we have is understanding. The Bible says, for my people are destroyed... For a lack of knowledge. What you don't know will hurt you. Everybody say understanding. understanding. He said, write it so plain that they would understand it so that when they see it and understand it, they would give a, get a revelation. Here, here's what I would say. They would understand the vision. And because of them understanding the vision that I have for them, they will change the way that they live. How many knows that, that, that vision is necessary because without it, we run wildly and we run aimlessly, but when we have vision and when we understand the vision, then we, then we not only have understanding, but we also know who we are. And when you know who you are, it comes with power. It comes with power. Without vision, people run without purpose. Without vision people wander into mediocrity. Without vision people meander in the mundane. And when you go to Revelation, I mean when you go to Acts chapter 26, you see a man by the name of Paul who was a persecutor of the church. Who hauled men and women to prison? Who killed Christians? Who watched Stephen be stoned and even held the jackets of them that were stoning Stephen? Paul was a was a was a hater of the church. He was a hater of Christians. He hated anything to do with Jesus Christ. He was on the wrong wrong road and he was living his life r- wild. Paul was running wild. Matter of fact, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that Peter, I mean, that Paul, in verse 12, it says that he had authority and was commissioned from the chief priests. Not only was he running wild, but how many knows? He had the authority of the enemy and had been commissioned by the enemy of the church. Right. Paul was running wild, and what he was doing he thought was right. Paul was running wild. But I love what Paul said. Paul said this. He said, but one day... On the road to Damascus I had an encounter with Jesus Christ and I got a heavenly vision and when I saw the vision and when he made it clear to me the calling and what his plans were for my life, I I lived my life completely different. I changed my perspective. My doctrine changed. My theology changed. When I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Preacher, how will we get a vision for our life? It's simple. Get a Get an encounter. Get an experience with Jesus Christ. It will change your life. Yeah. Yes, it will. He got a heavenly vision. What was that heavenly vision? Here's what I believe. It was heaven's vision for Paul. Listen, I don't care what other people's vision is for me. I want to know what heaven's vision is for me. I don't care whatever I don't care whatever other church's vision is. I want to know what is the vision for 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 destiny that God has. That's the vision. I I want to see what heaven sees. I want the inside of heaven. I want the knowledge of heaven. I want, I want to be called by heaven. I want to be anointed by heaven. I want heaven's destiny. I want God's purpose. I want God's counsel. I want God's will to be, to be done in my life. And see, listen, here's the most powerful thing to understand about Paul, who was once named Saul. He was on a road. He was living wildly. He was living wildly. Believing something with everything that he, he, he had in his being, which was the law, the Old Testament. The Bible says he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He sat at the feet of a man by the name of Gamaliel. He was a, an astute learner. If anybody lived by the law, Paul lived by the law. Paul said, I was zealous for the law. Once, I think it's, in, it's either in Acts 22 or Acts 9 because Paul in those chapters, Paul also talks about this vision he had. But Paul said, I was enraged when anybody would talk about Jesus, preach Jesus, he said, I would be enraged because I was so zealous for the law of God. Listen, listen a man's heart that was bitter, a man's heart, that, and everybody thought that Paul would never change. Paul would always be a Pharisee. There's no way anybody could turn Paul around. Paul's on his way on a road to Damascus with all intentions of doing something wrong. but he gets a heavenly vision. Paul, this ain't what I created you for. Paul, this is not your destiny. Paul, this is not what I formed you for. This is not what's really in you. And when he got the the heavenly vision, I love what Paul said to King Agrippa. He said, I was not disobedient. Because how many knows you have an encounter like him, you're going to rise up to your feet and say, Whatever you say, Lord, let's do it. <laughs> Whatever you want, Lord, let's go. I'm ready. He got a heavenly, heavenly, heavenly vision. And when he had a when he got a heavenly vision, you see a whole different person. Matter of fact, he's so different, Jesus had to change his name from Saul to Paul. Because when you, get that, when, you, when you get a heavenly vision, it, it doesn't just change your life, it changes the label on your life. Right, yeah. Come on. Right. <laughs> do, do you know Paul was, was brought before the council, the elders of the church, and, and they were scared of him? So, this is Paul, the one who kills Christians. God came to a man by the name of Ananias and said, Ananias, there's a man that is, that, is, that is on the street called Straight, and he's in a house right now, and he's praying. And I need you to go lay hands on him because he's been blind for three days. And I need you to go lay hands on him because I'm going to use him, and he's going to suffer many things for my namesake. I see Ananias. He said, Who is it, Lord? It's Saul. The one that's been person well wait a second! Ain't he the one been hauling Christians? Is he not the one putting people in prison? Is he not the one stoning people? Is he not? He, say- he says nobody prays. He's praying right now. And the Bible says that Ananias goes and lays hands on him. He's baptized in water. He's baptized with the Holy Ghost. His eyes are healed. Paul's entire life was changed. But it's amazing to me that. In one one season of my life, I'm known as this. But but what happens when you're so radically changed that your name in this season doesn't match the nature in this season? Let me say that again. What do you do when the name that you have, it refers to? To a previous season of your life but you're not that name anymore why? because now your nature has been changed and anytime nature is changed you have to change the name that's why I'm not labeled those names anymore that I was in the world why? because I've been changed and I saw I got a vision and the vision changed my life it changed my identity and when I was changed when my nature was changed my name changed No longer was I called dead, but now I'm called alive. (laughs) No longer was I called sinner, but now I'm called saved. Come on, no longer am I called darkness, but now I'm called light. Come on, somebody, I'm preaching right now. No longer am I called defeated, but now I'm called more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. No longer am I the one that's being overcome, but now I'm an overcomer through the blood of Jesus. I- Come on, when I, when, when, I, when I saw the vision, when I understood my calling, it changed my life. And when it changed my life, it changed my nature. And when my nature changed, my name changed. Preach. You're not going to be Saul any longer. Why? Because Saul is connected to your previous life. Your name will now be Paul the preacher of the gospel, not Saul the persecutor of the gospel. Listen to that. Isn't it amazing? Paul is preaching the gospel that he once persecuted. Mm. He got a heavenly vision. And when he got a heavenly vision, it transformed his life. Paul tells King Agrippa, He says that after his conversion, the Lord Jesus called him and gave him a divine assignment. I'm so glad that God gave me a divine assignment, and I want to be faithful to that assignment in my life. God gave him a divine assignment. He gave him a heavenly vision for his life. And Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. The the word disobedient, when Paul says disobedient, the word disobedient actually means unwilling to be persuaded. Paul said, "I was not disobedient." Paul said, "It it wasn't hard for God to persuade me because Jesus didn't send a prophet; He didn't send an angel. Jesus showed up Himself." And wherever Jesus shows up. Wherever Jesus shows up. Come on, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that Jesus didn't send an angel to me. I'm glad He didn't send a donkey to talk to me. I'm glad that He didn't send a person to prophesy. I'm glad, why? Because I might have ignored it. I might have disobeyed it but I thank God that Jesus showed up for a great Why? because when I got the vision I was fully persuaded of everything that God wanted to do in my life. Come on somebody how many says God I thank you that Jesus showed up in my life you, oh, preach pastor I feel the Holy Ghost in my belly he says, he's, he says Lord it wasn't hard for you to persuade me why? Because whenever somebody realizes purpose, you don't have to persuade them. Paul says, I'm, I'm persuaded. And he says, I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly. Everybody say heavenly. It means it means this is it's something that belongs, it's something that comes from heaven. Paul says, this didn't come from earth, it came from heaven. And anything that comes from heaven has power. Anything that comes from heaven has authority. You don't believe me? Jesus came down from heaven. I mean, there wasn't nobody more powerful than Jesus, but yet it came out of heaven. Every good. Every good thing, every good gift comes down from heaven and from the Father of lights. Okay, can can I keep going? Powerful things come from heaven. Tarry ye in in Jerusalem. For not many days hence you shall be endued with power from on. (laughs) And then Acts 2, one of the most powerful things that ever dropped on planet Earth was the person of the Holy Spirit, and he filled the house, and he filled the 120, and they went and turned the world upside down. I tell you what we need, church. We need something from heaven to drop in our life, and when it does, it will, it will bring power to change. It will, be, it, will be pre- it will bring power to turn things around. What you need is to quit looking for people to do it. You need to begin to ask God to do it from heaven. I love this, I love this. Can I keep going? He says this I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly calling. He says, he says I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision. Vision there actually means this. It means to appear. I love this. To appear. How many knows for something to appear, it first had to be hidden? Because really what vision is, vision is being able to see what was previously. Maybe the reason why Paul was behaving the way he was is because something was great in him, but it it was hidden. Some of you tonight, you're wondering, God, why did I have to go through what I went through? God says, because there's something great and it. it's hidden in you. You say, God, why did I have to go through the pain? Why did, I, why did I have to go through the sorrow? Why did I have to go through the pressure? Why did I have to go through the anguish or the affliction? And God says, well, here's why, because it's those things that, 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 that begins to reveal what is hidden. How many knows you can't see the anointing oil in the olive? Why? Because it's hidden behind the palm Of the flesh of the olive so what do you do you have to break the flesh and press the flesh until what's on the inside that is hidden to the eye now has become apparent and and the only way you can get what's on the inside to appear on the outside is it has to have pressure Can I tell you tonight the reason why you may be feeling the pressure in your life is because God says it's time for that which is hidden to, be, to, to appear. Yeah. It's time for that calling to appear. It's time for that anointing to appear. It's time for that gift to appear. And sometimes you, you say, you wonder why you, you're feeling all the pressure. Here's why. Because God says it's time for that which has been hidden to now appear. That's why Paul had to lay hands on Timothy and and so that the gift in Timothy would be stirred up. Why? Because it was hidden in Paul's hands when he prayed over him. It's what stirred up the gift that had been put in him all those years. Vision to appear. Really what Jesus was showing up on the road for was to let Paul know, know something. You know what he wanted Paul to know? Paul. All this time, my real purpose and my real destiny and my real calling for your life has been hidden. But now that you have encountered me, the thing in you is activated by an encounter with me. (laughs) Oh, I remember when I got saved, when I had an encounter with Jesus, I felt something in me unlock I felt something that had been there all this. How do you know? Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed thee in your mother's womb, I knew you. I called you. I appointed you. I ordained you to be a prophet. Before you're ever formed in your mother's womb, God tucks away his plan purpose, counsel, destiny for your life inside of you. That's why David could say that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. To even think of all the things that God wants to do, as David said, you can't even count them. I love what David said one time. He said, my life has been written in a book. <laughs> he wrote my life in a book. Because God don't do something that he first hadn't written down. Yeah. Yeah. See, we, we think heaven's just that God's just sitting up here and everybody just worshiping him. He's actually got books. I like to see that bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> Even Jesus said, I came in the volume of the book. <laughs> Jesus said this whole time I've been concealed in the book. <laughs> I've been hidden in the book. I've been I've been hidden in the Old Testament. I been I was I was hiding in the sacrifices. I was hiding in the services. I was hiding in the rituals. I was hiding in the ceremonies. But all of a sudden that which was hidden has now appeared. How did Jesus appear? He came through a book. Oh, let me. You don't believe me? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Jesus came through the book. What book? The book that was all about Him. But it was hidden. Our life has been written. Write the vision. Make it plain. So that he that runs may take a glance at it and say, that's me. For I will look unto the author and the finisher of my faith. Author. Why? Because he wrote my life. He wrote it. Jesus came to reveal what was written. When you get saved, the whole purpose of God, the whole intention of God for your life is that you would live out what has been written. I don't know about you, but I want to live the story that, that God wrote, not people wrote. Yes. Come on. I'm glad that I shut the book of that old life. I'm glad I shut the book of that old lifestyle and I opened up a new book. It's called The Lamb's Book of Life. Come on, somebody. Yes. Uh, I'm trying, you're trying, I'm trying to live out the destiny that has already been written in a book. I'm trying to to reveal what has been written. Vision, that which appears but was hidden before. The word vision also means sight. Having the ability to see. Because how can you go anywhere when you're blind? I'm going to try this. I don't know how it's going to work. I've I've walked in this church enough. Have you ever wondered why I can do this right here? (laughs) Because I've done it a million times. But how many knows? But when you close your eyes, it won't be long. You're going to lose your way. It won't be long you're going to bump into something that's going to really hurt. Why? Because you can't, you don't have any direction when you can't see. You have no origin when you can't see. So when vision comes, it brings sight. So that now you have direction. So now you know where you're going. Now you have a destination, which, which comes from the word destiny. I have a destination because I got direction. You can't have destiny without direction. Preach. I'm going to say that again. You can't have a destiny without direction. It brings sight. It opens up your eyes so that you can see what you could not before. So he says, so Paul says, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now I see. See what, Paul? That that's not who I really was meant to be. So, so watch what, watch what happens. So, so Paul tells King Agrippa, he says, let me tell you about this encounter. Let me tell you about this encounter that I had that radically Changed the the trajectory of my life, the direction of my life. I was heading one way on the road, but I seen something that changed my life so dramatically that I had to go the other direction. He looks at King Agrippa. He says, "I saw in the way." First thing says when I was reading that, it said, "I saw in the way." first thing I thought in my mind is the vision got in the way. The way of what? The way of the wrong direction. Jesus got in the way. I'm glad he got in my way. I could could be in hell right now, but he got in my way. Come you, some of you, you're, you're already thinking about the TV show you're, you're missing at, at, at home right now, ain't you? I said, I'm glad that Jesus, he, he showed up and he got in my way. Because I was destroying myself. I was, on the wrong, I was taking the wrong direction. I was on the wrong road. But bless God, I'm glad Jesus showed up and got in my way. When he got in my way, he changed my life. I could have lost my mind. I could have lost my life. The devil could have had his way. But Jesus got in the way. Amen. Paul says, I was, I was heading one direction, but Jesus got in my way. Amen. I love this. He says, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun. Think about that. He says, I thought I saw the sun and how that the sun was bright, how that the sun could damage your retina, But he said, but when I saw Jesus, I'm getting ready to go real deep right here, okay? Why did Jesus allow Paul's eyes to go blind? Here's why. Jesus was giving him new sight. (laughs) So, So Paul, he's seeing things wrongly. He's got a wrong vision. It's not God's vision. It's not God's call. So what does does Jesus do? Jesus gets in the way. Paul sees a light that is so much brighter than the sun that it literally burns the retina of his eyes. He is blind for three days. Why does Jesus allow Paul to be blind for three days? Because after three days, Paul would open up his spiritual eyes and then he would begin to see everything that God had created for Paul to do, the destiny. Can I tell you, I thank God Jesus got in my way. I thank God that He gave me new sight. I'm glad He gave me new vision. I'm glad I see things differently. Come on, somebody. I said, I'm glad I see things differently. Now I see them like the Bible says. Now I see them the way God sees them. Do you know the prophet, Elisha, had to do that with his servant? Because with one set of eyes, his, his servant saw an army. But the prophet said, God, let him open up his spiritual eyes so that he can see heaven. Yeah. See, see, that's why you got to be careful that you don't see and look at the things that, that are seen. Why? Because the things that are seen are temporal. They don't last. But some of us, we need to get a, some spiritual sight to see that God's got it under control. We need to get some God vision and say, God, I know that you are, you are in control, that you are ruling and reigning, that I don't have to worry. I don't have to lose my mind. I don't have to sweat. Why? Because I see it how God sees it. How many knows? God don't worry. It. God don't worry. God's not up there twiddling his thumbs and saying, I just don't know what to do. God's not up there sweating, Sweating beads. He's not up there so concerned. He's not up there losing his mind. He's not up there pulling out his hair. Why? Because he's God. I want to see it the way God sees it. So listen, listen, listen. Jesus gets in the way. Burns his eyes. For three days he's blind. And while he's blind... He tells Ananias to come lay hands on him so that his his eyes would be open. And this is what God tells Ananias to tell him. He says, are you you Saul? Yeah, I'm Saul. God's already told me your story. He just sent me here to tell you. Get ready. He's going to use you. You're going to have to suffer many things. For his name's sake. But you're going to reach the Gentiles. You're going to preach the gospel. You're going to see miracle signs and wonders. You'll be persecuted. Yes. You'll be stoned. Yes. You'll be left for dead. Yes. You'll be left in the wilderness. Yes. You'll be destitute. Yes. But i am come to lay hands on you so that when you open up your eyes, you'll no longer see how Saul saw. You'll see how Paul sees. You'll, now you'll have you'll have you'll you'll be able to your your life is going to be so dramatically changed that when you open up your eyes you are now going to be Paul and you're going to see the things of God can, can 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 I can, let me say this it was after that it was after that that Paul go read galatians it was after that that, that Paul for 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 it wasn't I don't know maybe a couple of years Paul Paul was with the church and he was getting fed and he was getting he was growing he was developing as a Christian but there came a time in Paul's life where God called him to Arabia. Everybody say Arabia. Arabia. You read in Galatians and then you read in another place it says that Arabia is actually where the Mount Sinai was. Hold on a second. Arabia was where Mount Sinai was Paul was called to go up on Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. Mount Sinai is the same place where God came down, took his finger, and wrote Ten Commandments upon on tablets, gave them to Moses, which, which would become the law of a nation. Paul would be called up to a mountain called Sinai where God shows up and writes things down. Writes things down. He goes up there and gives Paul the mysteries of the ages of the past. Here's, what, here's, how, here's how Paul said things that were hidden have now been revealed. Things that were hidden before the foundation of the world, God revealed them to Paul. And you know what it was? The New Testament. The New Law. The New Covenant. Amen. Thank you. Over two-thirds of your New Testament was written by a man by the name of Paul. Do you know why he wrote so, so much? Because he had so much insight. Mm-hmm. He had so much insight. Insight. So much insight. God called him up there. Why? Because Paul would be the catalyst for a new covenant, a better promise, a better testament. Paul revealed the mysteries of God. In the Old Testament, for example, in the Old Testament, we knew nothing about the rapture of the church. We knew nothing of how all that worked. We knew nothing of a resurrection of the body. We knew nothing about any of that. But Paul says, brethren, I would have you not to be ignorant. He says, but let me reveal a mystery to you that those who sleep will not always sleep in Christ. Because there's coming a day that the graves are going to open and their bodies are going to come up. And in the twinkling of an eye, in a moment, their bodies are going to be changed. That They're going to they're put away corruption and take on incorruption. He says and, don't, and he says, and then they're going to go up in the catching away of Jesus Christ. And then he says, but those of us that are alive and remain in the twinkling of an eye in the moment, we're also going to be changed. And then we're going to go with Jesus and we're going to be with him forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Nobody in the Old Testament saw it. I mean, think about Isaiah. Isaiah saw just about everything. That's why you have 66 chapters in Isaiah. Why? Because, because there are 66 books in the Bible. Isaiah pretty much he, 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 he covers the whole history of God in the earth. Right. Isaiah wrote the first gospel before it ever was gospel. Isaiah 53. Mm-hmm. For he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity, and the chastisement of my peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Yeah. <laughs> but even Paul, Paul got greater revelations. Why? Because now he was seeing with God's eyes. That was his destiny. That was his calling. And you wonder, how can a man by the name of Paul be stoned left for dead, be hungry in the desert, be rejected, be left, be abandoned, and still keep on preaching the gospel. Here's why. He got a heavenly vision. And let me tell you, I know I'm not going to be able to finish all this tonight, but let me tell you something. Here's how people are going to stick in. Here's how people are going to stay in and not backslide. They need to get a heavenly vision. A heavenly vision. To know their purpose. To know their calling. To know their identity in Jesus Christ. And let me tell you church, that's what we're here to do. Do you know what the gospel does? The gospel not only saves people, not only delivers people, but it tells people what they were created for. It tells people what they were created for. And I believe that is one of the purposes of God is that we know who we are in Christ Jesus. That we know who we are in Christ Jesus. The Bible says one day there were seven sons of Sceva who tried to cast out some devils because they had seen Paul do it. And they saw Paul's formula. How that Paul would say, come out in the name of Jesus, and devils would obey him. So one day, these are sons of Sceva, who was a priest. If you study, actually, you, you would, you, uh, there was a sect of the Jews who done exorcisms. or well, they tried to do exorcisms. And there were seven sons of Sceva. And the Bible says they tried to cast out a devil, and they tried to cast out the devil... By saying, we cast you out by the, by the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. The Bible says that that demon inside that man begins to speak up and says, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? Could it be that some of us don't have power over the enemy? Because we don't know who we are. So the enemy leaps on us and beats us and leaves us naked. Because we don't know who we are. And I believe we have a defeated church. And the reason why we have a defeated church is because we have not got a revelation. And we have not got a heavenly vision of who we are. So what I'm saying. Tonight, church, let us get on our faces and cry out and let us not get up off the ground until we realize who we are. And when you realize who you are, then you'll be able to take authority over the enemy, over the devil, and be victorious and more than a conqueror. Yes. In the name of Jesus, stand to your feet. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue being a part of all that God is doing here at Destiny Church. You can text to give at 828-662-3453. Or you can give online at destinyauto.com. That's destiny, dot com. We would love for you to also subscribe to your Destiny podcast and for you to also share this podcast with family and friends. And again, thank you for joining us.